This morning, we're going to talk about connection. We're talking about connectedness this morning. In our series on vision, we talked last week about what our vision is. We talked about the vision and the mission, the difference there, the vision being the end goal, the outcome, the favorable outcome, the mission being what we do to reach that vision. If you'll recall, our series is called Into the Future, and our vision is that we want to be a church that is actively connecting our world to Christ and His people through intentional evangelism, through dynamic worship, through loving fellowship, personal discipleship, and caring ministry. We want that to describe the ministry of our church. We want that to describe Wall Highway, that we are actively doing that. So in order to reach that, we know we're going to have to do some things. So we're going to have to be intentional about that. That's not just going to happen. We've got to be intentional. And so what do we do to go about reaching that end goal, that favorable outcome? That's where the mission comes in. We know in order to be a church that does that, we need to love God, love people, share Jesus, and make disciples. And we talked about how we can measure whether or not we're doing that last week. The bulk of the message last week was on the vision, what it means, and the mission. How do I measure up? Well, we want to help people do that, don't we? We want to help people grow to where they are, loving God, loving people, sharing Jesus, and making disciples. Well, that is where the day-to-day ministry of the church comes in, the strategy, the DNA of the church. Our goal is to help people grow to become people who love God, love people, share Jesus, make disciples. That is going to make up what we do from day to day, the strategy. And our strategy is simple, four words, connect, grow, serve, and go. And over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about what that means. We're going to have some goals that we're going to set for the next year that will help us be more intentional about growing people to love God, love people, share Jesus, make disciples. Again, today we're talking about connection the importance of being first connected to Christ, but then we want to be intentional about connecting people to his church, to this church, so that they can grow to become what God wants them to be, to mature in their faith and to use the gifts and abilities God has given them to reach others and make disciples of others, connecting them to Christ and to his church. We're going to use Matthew 28, 18 through 20. The Great Commission will help us understand how we connect to Christ and his church and how we stay connected to Christ and his church. Verse 18 of Matthew 28, Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Within these very familiar verses that we've quoted time and time again, we have the principles that will teach us how to connect others to Christ and then to his church, and then even the beginning steps of discipleship. When we're talking about connecting, when we're talking about getting people connected to the Lord Jesus, but then also connected in our church, keeping them here and discipling them so that they can grow. Because really, the problem isn't getting folks to at least come. Most statistics show that if you'll invite someone to church, they'll at least come once. If there's someone you know that doesn't go to church, if you'll give them a personal invitation, they'll probably come. The challenge is keeping them here, not having a big back door, keeping them here. So how do we do that? Well, we need to understand the different aspects of connecting people. First, we connect outside the church. That's number one. 
We have to be intentional about connecting to people outside the church. I mean, your life is busy. My life is busy. If we're not intentional, people will pass us by. Opportunities will pass us by. Go and make disciples, verse 19 says. That's, that's evangelism. Going and making disciples, that is the process of evangelism. We're talking about evangelism. What we're talking about here is sharing the good news. Evangelism is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of salvation that you and I have received and that others need to receive. So we're talking about evangelism here, going and sharing. Look at Ephesians 3.10. In the New Living Translation, it says, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom. And its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So we are part of our purpose is, is to display the wisdom of God, to, to, to be a picture of who He is to a lost world. God has sent us, His church, to carry the message of salvation to the lost. And Paul tells us in Romans 10:13, "For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." But how can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? One of the grand mysteries of God's plan for reaching the lost is that he chooses to use you and me to share the gospel with the lost. He doesn't need us. I mean, he can draw anyone to himself without any of us participating, but he chooses to use his church, you and me, to share the, the gospel, to reach the lost, to draw them to himself. We are a part of his plan. So here's our goal. Our goal is that we seek to introduce people to a relationship with Christ first, because that's the most important thing. But then step number two, we want to introduce them to a relationship, a personal relationship with his church. We want to introduce them to Christ, but also Part of God's plan is that they become a part of the family of God, connecting people to Christ and his church. And here's what we need to understand. We, un we need to understand that evangelism, we're talking about evangelism in terms of how we're going to do it as a church. And that's, that's going to be the, the majority of this, this part here. But don't neglect the importance or don't set aside the importance of personal evangelism. One is not the, su the substitute for the other. They both, corporate evangelism, things we do as a church, has to be married with me being a personal evangelist in my life. You say, well, I'm not, I've taken the spiritual gifts test. I'm not an evangelist. Well, you may not have the natural gift of evangelism, but we're all called to go and make disciples. We, we're talking about corporate evangelism. We're talking about individual evangelism here. But here, and you've heard me use this word probably a hundred times already, you're going to hear me use it a million more if I'm here long enough. With evangelism, with everything that we do, but especially with evangelism, we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional about how we go about reaching people, connecting to people, but then beyond that, the steps that it's going to take to connect them to the church and keep them in the church. We need to have, first of all, a plan and a process we need to have a plan on what we're going to do to reach people and a process of how we're going to go about accomplishing that plan. But then we need to have a scope and a sequence as well. Who is it we're trying to reach? Who's our target group? The people, we need to know the people we're trying to reach. And then we need to know the sequence of events that will help us get them from where they are to here connected to this church. 
There's a plan and a process and a scope and a sequence, and we need to be intentional about that. And I'm going to tell you, even since the beginning of my ministry, the first church I began pastoring in 2004, but I entered the ministry in 1998. And, and even since then, the process of evangelizing, the work that it takes to connect people to Christ and his church has changed drastically. The message has not changed, but what it takes to get people here has changed drastically, mainly because our lives have become so fast-paced and so busy, convincing people that, that this is important is a challenge, more so than it ever has been. Years and years ago, you could just have a week-long revival and guarantee that the pews would be full all week. That's, that went out a long time ago. Even when I began in children's and family ministry, you could have an event and you'd have a lot of people here and you could be guaranteed that at least four or five of those people would be in church the next Sunday if you invited them. That is no longer the case. You'll get them here, but you're going to have to have several points of contact before you're actually going to get them inside the walls of the church. And so what we're talking about, being intentional, we need to create points of contact with people. And and, and the point of contact is an intentional, strategic interaction with our community. As a church, as individuals, what I want to do is I want to create a point of contact that introduces me to that person, gives me an opportunity to begin building a relationship. A point of contact is something that meets a need. We do something that meets a need. But it also creates a presence in the community. Last week, I asked you this question. What would happen if Wall Highway Baptist Church ceased to exist? Would would people notice? I think some people would. I'm not saying we're doing everything wrong. We're not. I mean, I told you the pieces are in place. But I think we definitely need to be more intentional about creating a presence in our community that shows, hey, we are here. First of all, we love Jesus, but we want you to know that we're here to help meet your needs and love you too because we want you to experience the love of Jesus. We want to create a presence in our community that, that meets needs. Events are points of contact. I mean, even something as, as, as simple, don't say simple to Jim organizing it, but, but the simple concept of the fall festival. We're meeting a need, a safe place for people to come, bring their kids to trick-or-treat. And, and what kid doesn't need candy? We all need candy. We're meeting a need, but we're creating a presence, and we're gaining a reputation for meeting that need and and creating that safe environment. Events can be points of contact, but with each of these events and in my daily life, and here's where the shift has taken place really in the last five or ten years. With a point of contact, we have to build in a pathway to something more, a pathway to something more. Within that event, within that encounter, I need to be intentional about creating another connection with that person. You think about in, a, in an event, year before last, in our fall festival at Calvary, we created, this was kind of the, the dry run of this concept. We, we, within the fall festival, we had folks sign up. We usually give something away at the fall festival. People sign up and we give it away. Well, within this, we, we offered participants the opportunity to come to a parenting class the next Wednesday, the next few Wednesdays after the fall festival that, that Mandy and myself, that we taught. Well, if you wanted to sign up, and I know this is a little bit uh, sneaky, but hey, it worked. If you wanted to sign up for the prize, you were also signing up for the parenting class. And if you wanted to claim the prize, you had to come to the parenting class. 
And so we had several people sign up. Not everybody that signed up came, but a handful of folks came to the parenting class. We did give away the prize, but we had them for a few weeks to be able to to build a relationship. Well, within that parenting class, at the end of that, we said, hey, listen, we're having a parents' night out a few weeks from now. We knew they had kids because they had been at the fall festival. Why don't you bring your kids, and we'll watch them for a few hours so you can do some Christmas shopping or go on a date night or whatever. And then within that, we said, okay, we're going to spend about... 30 minutes practicing for the Christmas musical, the children's part in the Christmas musical coming up so that the kids could participate. And when the parents came back, we said, we're having a Christmas musical and your kid's going to be a part of it. (laughs) So you can come and be a part of that. So within each step, there was built into it a pathway to something more. So when we create events, points of contact, we need to be thinking about what's the next step? How can I create an opportunity to further build a relationship with that person? We do this on a corporate level, but we need to do this on a personal level. Let's say you find out your neighbor has a need and you, you offer to pray for them as you, as you probably would. Well, yes, you need to pray for them, but, but hey, can I call you in a week and just check and see how things are going? Or a few weeks and just check. You find out your coworker's having surgery. Hey, listen, I'm going to pray for you, but can I bring you a meal when you get home? You know they're lost. You know they don't have a church family. Can I bring you a meal? That creates another opportunity to further build a relationship with somebody that's lost. Part of this is just being intentional, taking the time to take that next step. But we need to create a pathway to something more. So as a church... What are our goals? I said with each one of these steps, and listen, for Connect, there's going to be more goals with Connect because we're beginning with this on the front end. It's going to be a little bit front-loaded, but we're going to have goals for each step, each one of these Connect, Grow, Serve, and Go for the next year. Some things that I believe that we need to accomplish in in the next months and the next year to get us started in being intentional about connecting people to Christ and his church and growing them and helping them serve and go out on mission. Well, goals for 2019. One of the first things that we're going to do this year is that that we're going to create an evangelism team. This isn't a committee. This is an active team that will assess the greatest needs in our community and what we can do to meet one or more of those needs. Again, we don't need to try to do everything because we won't do anything well, but there are some things that that we can do to meet needs in our church. What I would like by the end of 2019 is for people that are associated with our church to say, Wall Highway is the church that is fill in the blank. The church that meets blank need. There may be more than that, but we need to be known for something. We need to be known for, for our love for Christ, but we need to be known for how we display that love in meeting a need in the community. I mean, there are several things that we can do, and some of these we will do. I mean, we can, we can have baked goods that we take to first responders just to show them that we care about them. This team will help, help organize that. We can have lunches for some teachers in some of our schools. This team will help organize. They won't do it all, but they're going to help organize it. We can host a lunch for some community leaders, invite them here just to love on them and to, to talk to them about how we can meet some of these. You better believe that your fire chief, your sheriff, your school board chairman, the mayor, if we can get him to come. I mean, they know what the needs in the community are. And, and we, can, we can build relationships with them for the purpose of, of meeting some of those needs. I mean, we may offer some caring for caregivers, hospice workers, nurses, doctors, whatever. 
There are several things that we can do. Building relationships with maybe OBGYNs, bridal shops, for the purpose of, 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 of giving gift packets to new parents and new couples. Statistics show that people are more likely to come back to church when they get married and when they have kids. We can build relationships, hopefully. Not, not breaking any privacy laws, but building relationships with these doctors, with the owners of these businesses, these bridal shops, just for the purpose of, of sharing a gift with these new parents, these new couples. The possibilities are endless, but what we need to do is we need to assess the need. These new communities that are being built right behind us, we need to be delivering gift packets to those residents when they move in. Hey, we're right down the street. We're here for you if you need us. We love you. Here's some, some, some house supplies, some things that you can use as you're getting your house together. Believe me, somebody that's, that's moved several times, some of you have well, somebody that is in the process still of moving, those paper products, coffee, paper cups are invaluable. You don't have to do dishes, things like that. We can do simple things to, to create a presence in our community. We're going to look at what we can do and how we can go about doing it. One of the things that I'm challenging all of us to do, you may have done this before, I've done this before, but what's called random acts of kindness. How many of you are familiar with this? Most everybody. Well, in the foyer, in the welcome center, there are these cards that on one side say something extra just to show that God loves you. On the back, it has the information about the church, the name and the phone number and the website. In your bulletin and in the Welcome Center is a sheet of suggestions on how to use these cards. You can pay for somebody's meal in the drive-thru behind you and leave this card and ask the restaurant employee to give them this card. You can leave a big tip. Make sure you leave a big tip. But you can leave a big tip at the restaurant and leave this card and let them know, hey, somebody was just doing something kind. There's a whole list of suggestions. When you leave here today, just start with three. Everybody get three cards. Start, start with three cards and pick three things that you can do in the next couple of weeks. And when we run out, we'll order more cards. You don't even have to have a card, but you want to let them know that, that we've done this. Not for us, but so that they hopefully can find a place to connect. So, so, so pick some things to do. Easy. Something easy to do just to show somebody else that they're loved. And you never know. I've heard stories about how these cards and these acts of kindness meet people at critical points in their life. And how God used that to show them, maybe when they didn't think anybody did love them, that somebody out there cares for me. So random acts of kindness, those are the two things. We're going to have an evangelism team to, to see how we can meet some needs. But oh, we're going to begin today putting feet to this by performing random acts of kindness in our community. That's connecting outside the church. Step number two is that we want to connect people to the church. We connect outside the church. We create points of contact. We build a relationship. The idea is to get them here, to introduce them to Christ first, personal relationship with Christ, but then we recognize the importance of church membership. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about connecting people to the church. We're talking about church membership, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, 19 says the second part of that verse. Baptizing. What is baptism? Well, it is me professing my faith in Christ. It's a visual of what Jesus has already done in my heart, but it's also how I identify myself as a believer in Christ. I identify with other believers. That's why we as Baptists, you have to be baptized to be a member of this church. It's not because we just want you to do something to follow a rule that we've arbitrarily created. That's the way it was done in the New Testament. When someone was saved, they, was, they were immediately baptized as a profession of faith and a way to identify themselves with the body of Christ. We're talking about church membership. Our goal is that we want to lead people to, to make a commitment to Christ 
but then a commitment to his church body. That's a membership commitment. The membership commitment is a commitment to Christ and to a church body. We connect to them outside the church, connect them to Christ. He saves them. The, next, the, the natural next step is that they are connected to a church body. We want them to make a commitment of membership. Ephesians 2.19 says this, So then you're no longer foreigners and strangers. We that are saved, we're no longer strangers in the family of God, to God himself, but fellow citizens with the saints. We have a citizenship along with all other believers in heaven and members of God's household. We're members now of the family of God, those of us who have been saved. Romans 12, 4 and 5. Now, as we have many parts describing the church, there are many of us, many different parts that complement one another. One body, many parts in one body. And all parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. God's grand, mysterious plan of, of, of reaching people with the gospel through us involves the church, different people, different backgrounds, different personalities coming together, connected, united by the Holy Spirit, working together in unity, focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, His mission, His vision, working together to reach the lost and connect them to the family, to Christ and to the family of God. The goal is membership. That's what we want. We want to lead people to Christ to make a commitment to Him and a commitment to the church body, the body of Christ. But when we're talking about connecting people to the church, we want to make it as easy as possible for people to connect to this church. Can everybody agree on that? We want to make it easy for people to connect. So we need to begin to think about, and we already have, we need to think about things like our facilities. When we're talking about connecting people to the church, what is the first impression that we give people when they get here? Put yourself in the shoes of a visitor. When they walk onto the grounds of Wall Highway Baptist Church from beginning to end, what's their impression of, of the church? That begins with the appearance. We have great facilities, but we need to take a hard look at our facilities. And we did that with our survey just a few months ago. We want to make sure that, that we are, are providing an atmosphere that makes people feel welcome and that, that makes it possible for us to remove any hindrances, anything that would hinder us from building relationships with those people. So we need to think about the building appearance outside and in. Now, listen, a building on its own, we could spend millions of dollars building a building or renovating a building, and that's not going to reach people. That by itself, you have to do the first step. You got to connect to people first. A building alone will not grow a church, but hear me. A poor and outdated, poorly well-kept, outdated building will hinder your ability to reach people. It's not going to be the solution, but these two things go together. So we need to make sure that we do everything possible to create an atmosphere where people feel welcome, and it makes it possible for us to easily connect to them. We need to think about our greeting ministry. Now, we have a great greeting ministry here, but we need to make sure we continue to excel in that. When thinking about greeting, we want people to be greeted outside before they ever get in, as they're entering, and then inside the church. Again, greeters, y'all do a fantastic job. My first Sunday here, I'm walking up from the office, and I was greeted before I ever got into the church. That's great. That's what we want to do. And, and so we want to make sure we're intentional about that, that we excel. We need to think about worship. When people are here, when they're connected, make it possible for people to experience an authentic worship encounter with God. We have a fantastic praise and worship team, and we have a great spirit in our worship. The greatest, the most excellent things about our church for people coming in. Let's not take it for granted. 
Let's make sure we remain pure in our motives, worshiping in spirit and in truth, and continue to excel in that. Have a great worship team. But we need to think about those things. When we're thinking about connecting to people, we want to make it easy. We want to create an atmosphere. We have a great spirit here. We can't take unity for granted. We need to make sure we continue to work to stay united, focusing on Christ and allowing him to draw us together. Because if we attempt to maintain that on our own, it'll never work. Focusing on Christ. So what are our goals? For 2019, for connecting people to the church. First, we're talking about membership. So one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to begin a membership class. We're going to start a membership class for folks coming into the church. The first class, you have this in your notes, is going to begin February the 3rd during our connection group hour. It's going to be taught by myself to begin with. For four weeks, we're going to teach a membership class. You're sitting there wondering, do I need to attend this class? If you fall into this category, these categories, you need to attend. If you are a new Christian, you've been saved within the past year, you need to attend. If you're here today, you're not a member of Wall Highway, but you're thinking of joining, you need to attend. If you have joined this church within the past year, you need to attend. And hey, if you just want to come, you need to attend. Now here's the deal. Obviously, not everybody's going to attend that class. You've got a Sunday school class, and if you do, I want to borrow you for a few weeks. I promise I'll return you. Unless the Lord leads you to join another, or to start another class, or to join another class, and that's that's His decision. I want you to, to to be a part of that. And even those of you that have been members here for years, have been followers of Christ for years, I'm going to make that material available to everybody as we go through this, so you'll know what I'm teaching. This this class will tell people what it means to be a follower of Christ. We'll review the plan of salvation just to make sure. We're going to talk about what it means to be a member of the church, why it's important to be a part of a church, baptism, how you join a church, different ways to join the church, but why it's important to be a member of the church, why it's important, what makes this church unique, what it means to be a member of Wall Highway Baptist Church, and then what does the church expect from me as a member? What am I committing to? These are the topics that we're going to cover over a four-week period. Again, it's going to be during the Sunday school hour in the education building, room 200. You've got a link in your bulletin. I need people to sign up for this class if you want to attend. There's a link on the back side of your bulletin. Everybody will get an email tomorrow about this, on how to sign up for this. So we're going to start a membership class. The next goal, we're going to begin in this next year, we need to begin renovations on some of our building, on some areas in our building. We need to begin renovations on some existing areas, bringing things up to date. We've got some things that, again, I'm I'm not dissing our facilities here. I'm thankful that we have a place inside to meet today, aren't you? It's kind of chilly outside. We have great facilities, but we need to bring them up to date. We've got some things that we need to address that we can't let go much longer out of necessity, but also for the purpose of helping people connect. And we also need to put a plan together for some sort of multi-purpose slash family life center. We did a survey a few months ago. Three areas were identified as, as the greatest needs in our church. One was we need a large fellowship area. We have no large fellowship area in this church where we can all have a meal together. That needs to change because I like to eat, and I like to eat with people. We need, to, we need to create a space for that. Number two, our worship center and our foyer. We've already started on the foyer, but this worship center, there's some updating, some renovation that needs to take place. And number three, the third area is that we need a multipurpose or family life center at some point. We can begin immediately. And the, right now, the Long Range Planning Committee, the Building and Grounds Finance, they're working together to formulate a plan. Got a meeting next week. 
we're working together to form a plan on how to tackle these issues. And I don't know, this isn't one of the formal goals, but we've already started on the foyer. I think that we could, in the next year, remodel the downstairs, create a nicer area for our students, and an area that we can also meet in and fellowship in. That's a reasonable goal for the next year. And then we'll take it step by step from there. And eventually we may build a nice new family life center or a multi-purpose facility that we can use for more than just a family life center, a gym that serves several purposes that we may need to meet in to have worship one day when we get to the point to where we need a bigger space. But, but again, the plan will be presented, but for the next year, we need to begin that process. We need to be committed to doing that. That's going to that's gonna require sacrifice on all of our parts. We're going to have to be willing to give for that. We're going to have to be willing to support that. So two goals in this area. Membership class, beginning that, and then also beginning the needed renovations around here. We're connecting outside the church. That's evangelism. We want to connect to the church, people to the church. That's membership. But it's not just enough to join the church. You get your name on a roll. you got to go to a step further than that if you really want to connect to God's people. And that is connecting within the church. The primary way we do that is through connection groups, small groups, Sunday school classes. We call them connection groups, and I love that because this is all about connecting. We want to connect to each other and form disciple-making relationships where we share our lives with one another. The uh, The first part of verse 20 of Matthew 28, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. This is talking about discipleship. I introduce you to Christ. I share the gospel. I lead you to Christ. But I'm not going to leave you to your own. I'm going to connect to you, share my life with you for the purpose of discipling you. And it's in these connection groups where real discipleship, real fellowship, real ministry is going to take place. You can come here every Sunday and sit in this crowd and never really feel like a part of this church. Never really get to know the people next to you. It's in these connection groups where you build meaningful, life-changing, life-sharing discipleship relationships. And so the importance of being a part of that. We want to connect people within the church. We're called to evangelize. We know it's God's plan for the church. A healthy church is a growing church. Numerically, yes, but spiritually also. We want to to grow, but we need to grow. Hear me, we need to grow larger and smaller at the same time. How does that work? Connection groups. The larger we grow, the more healthy our connection groups need to be. That's how we maintain that sense of connectedness. You hear people talk about, I don't want to go to that church, it's too big. Well, how do people feel connected in a large church? Well, it's their connection groups. That really is their church. I mean, the church is a whole, yes, but the relationships are in those groups. And so we need to make sure we excel at this and we have structured, intentional connection groups that disciple people. Larger we make an impact for Jerusalem, we want to make a big impact for Jerusalem, Judea, beyond smaller, we connect to each other and we stay connected to other people. Both aspects are required for a healthy church. Both of those things. Biblical precedents. Where do I get this? Well, the New Testament church is our model. Acts 5.42. Every day in the temple complex and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Did you catch that? In the temple, corporately, but then where? And homes, smaller groups, connection groups, from house to house. They met together corporately, but then they met together in homes. Teaching, continuing teaching and proclaiming the good news. That's the model. It's the principle of iron sharpens iron, relationships. 
Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. We encourage growth. We disciple. We encourage one another. In connection groups, we are discipled in the Word. And discipleship is plain and simple, growing spiritually. And we need each other to do that. That's the model. Again, the model that Jesus said is that I build a relationship with a lost person. I lead them to the Lord. And then I disciple them in the Word. I grow, and I've had people disciple. I shared some of those folks with you last week. You've had people that have discipled you, somebody that took time to invest in your life so that you would grow spiritually. We need to do that for others. It's in these groups that we can make those relationships more possible, easier to connect to people. I make it easier for folks to connect. A healthy church is a growing church. Again, not, we're not just talking about numbers. The numbers will come. I'm not... I'm not all about numbers. A healthy church is a growing church spiritually. We want to grow in numbers, but we want to grow in depth. We want to grow in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're going to do that, we have to be intentional about evangelism and, and discipleship. Hebrews 6.1, we're told we need to leave. Therefore, leaving the elementary teachings, elementary message about the Messiah, let us go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God. We need to mature in our faith. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. We need to grow in grace and knowledge. Become more like Jesus. Ephesians 4.11, and He personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers of spiritual gifts. For what purpose? For the purpose of training the saints in the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ. Discipleship, building up, growing spiritually. Through connection groups, we experience discipleship. We also ex experience fellowship and encouragement. Fellowship and encouragement. We connect with each other. We share our lives. We, we're there for each other. We minister to one another. Fellowship is sharing or partnering, share, partnering, sharing my life with you. Again, the New Testament church is our model. Acts 2, 41. So those who accepted his message were baptized. And that day about 3,000 people were added to them. And what did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread. There's your biblical precedent for covered dish luncheons. And to prayers. To fellowship, to teaching, but also fellowship. They were intentional about fellowship, which included eating. That's one way to fellowship. And to praying for one another, building each other up, sharing, partnering with you. I'm going to share my life, and I'm going to share your burdens. You're going to share my burdens. Let's look at some different characteristics of fellowship really quickly. Fellowship is, first of all, the encouragement of other believers to grow spiritually. We're talking about discipleship. Fellowship creates an atmosphere that, that can, is conducive to discipleship. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good works, growing spiritually. Fellowship is also being a part of God's family and spending time with other people. We're going to do some things that have built into it the purpose of evangelism. We're going to do some things that have built into it the purpose of discipleship. But we need to do some things sometimes just for the purpose of hanging out and enjoying one another. And we're going to do that too. Fellowship is sometimes just being with one another, spending time with one another. Hebrews 10.25, not giving up meeting together, some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. There's encouragement and spending time with each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Of course, that's a precedent for what we're doing here, but it's also anytime we meet together. And sometimes we need to just encourage one another. Fellowship is also the power of God when we gather together. 
The power of God is manifested in a special way when two or more are gathered. Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus said, I'm among them. He's with us always. So that means when we gather together, two or more, there's a special manifestation of God's presence and power. There's power in fellowship. Fellowship also presents a picture of Christ to the lost world. The relationship that we have, the unity that we have, cannot be explained in human ability, cannot be achieved in human ability. It is supernatural. John 17, 20 and 21, I pray, Jesus is praying for his disciples. I pray not only for these, but for also for those who believe in me through their message, everyone that would come to Christ. That includes us, beginning with the message of Jesus, the apostles. Now we are our followers of Christ. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am you. May they also be one in us so that the world may believe you sent me. Just our unity is sharing the gospel, presenting a picture of the unity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and our unity with Him. So it is a message, a picture of Jesus to a lost world. Fellowship is a vital part of the unity of the church, and it was God's plan from the beginning. The early church, when you look, and our model for all of this is the early church, how they functioned. They were united. They were united in purpose. They were united. They stayed together. Acts 2 again, verse 44. All the believers were together and held all things in common. There was unity. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. They met needs. They created the presence in their community, meeting needs. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex corporately, and then they broke bread from house to house. They met in small groups. They ate their food with joyful and a humble attitude, fellowship and humble service toward one another, praising God and having favor with all people. They created a name for themselves. They created a presence among the lost around them. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. People saw it. They wanted to be a part of it. Every day God added to their numbers. These verses tell us that the early church was united, first of all, in beliefs and goals. They had one mind. They were united. And the only way that we're going to be united in that way is if our mind is on Christ. And we agree and are discipled in the Word of God. They were united in beliefs and goals. They were united in generosity. What did they do? They sold their possessions in order to to meet the needs of people around them. They did whatever it took. They assessed the needs around them, which we're going to do, and then they met those needs, okay? And so part part of fellowship is unity, and we have to have unity and generosity, sharing with those in need. They were united corporately. Again, one mind in the temple, but then they were united in small groups, house to house. All are important. What we're talking about is a healthy balance of all of these things that creates a place where people are connected first to Christ, but then deeply connected to one another. As members of Wall Highway, we need to commit to these principles. We have to connect to the church, to Jesus and his church, and then we need to help others do the same. That's our mission here. That's a big part of what we're, we're called to do. And the truth is, hear me, We want people to experience connection. We want people to experience fellowship. And you will never really experience fellowship. You will never really experience ministry and discipleship if you're not a part of a connection group. That's where real ministry takes place. I mean, somebody gets sick. That connection group, those members, they they come together and and bring meals and, and provide rides to and from hospitals and doctor's appointments. I mean, it's in those groups where you really share your life with with other people and and experience ministry. 
We seek to encourage, to sharpen one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. We experience fellowship. We experience ministry also. Meeting needs with love, that's ministry. So you, you connect, you share your life, your burdens with those people, but then when you have a need within those groups, those are going to be the people that meet your need. As we grow larger, one person can't do all of that, myself or anybody. I mean, the deacons do a great job of serving, but they can't even do all of that. We need those groups, those connection groups, ministering to each other. John 13, 35, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Ministry is how we show love. We meet needs with love. And, and that is talking to believers. People will know that we are followers of Christ by how we meet each other's needs. Most ministry inside the walls of the church is done in connection groups. That's why connection groups have to be the heartbeat of the ministry of our church. We have to have healthy connection groups. And we need, every member needs to be a member of one. That's not one of your written goals, but that needs to be a goal. Every member needs to be a member of a connection group. So what are our goals for, the, for 2019 in terms of connecting within the church? Well, one of the first things we're going to do is we're going to have connection leader training. If you're a Sunday school teacher, we're going to provide some training for you that will help you be more intentional about doing these things. And we've already got a date set for that, February the 24th. You'll hear more about that. You'll get an email to sign up for that. It'll be in the same model as our leadership training. We'll give you a meal and we're going to talk about being intentional in terms of connecting within the church and our connection groups. So we're going to have that training. But also, listen, I'm challenging each connection group, each Sunday school class. I'm challenging. We need to add, each class needs to add two new members by the end of the year. Now, some of you, you may not have room for two members. We're not going to go around busting up classes. I can already feel some of your evil thoughts directed in my <laughs> direction. We're not going to go around doing that. But some of you may need to pray about whether or not some of you are leading, God's leading some of you to start a new class, which may mean stepping out in faith and starting a class and being in a class that's not the one you're in now. Mandy and I have gone around and, and visited most of our classes. There's a few we haven't, haven't been at, and there are some of them that don't have room for two more. And, and I'm, I, that, praise the Lord, but we've got to expand. We've got to make room for folks. So we're going to challenge each group to add two, two members, but by the end of the year, a reasonable goal, we should have at least two new classes started here by the end of the year. That should be our goal. And so those are our goals for connection groups. The church as a whole is challenged to add two new classes, two new connection groups. The whole purpose, again, it's not about numbers. It's not about growing. I mean, that's great, and, and I want this church to grow as, as much as you do, but I want people to grow I want people to connect to Jesus first, and I want people to connect to each other. We need relationships. Christopher Kerr, a true story. A kid by the name of Christopher Kerr, this was a few years back, several years back. He was walking home from school one day, and he noticed a classmate of his by the name of Kyle who was walking home with all of his books in his hand. And Christopher thought that was strange because it was Friday, and most teenagers don't carry their books home, all of their books home, on Friday because there's more fun stuff to do than study. So he notices this kid walking with all of his books, struggling to walk, and then he noticed a group of boys come up. They knocked the books out of Kyle's backpack. They knocked him down and threw his glasses into the bushes for no reason. Christopher said the thing that, that he noticed the most about Kyle was the incredibly sad look on his face when all of this happened. So Christopher walks over. He helps Kyle up. He hands him his glasses. 
He's having trouble finding them. He helps him pick up his books, and he asks him, hey, what's your name and where do you live? Well, it turns out Kyle and Christopher just lived right down the street from one another. Kyle was new to the school. He had just moved to that school from a private school, so he didn't know anybody. And, and Christopher said, hey, listen, we, my friends and I, we have a pickup football game every Saturday morning. Why don't you join us? Kyle agreed. And over the next four years, a deep friendship formed between Christopher and Kyle. They became best friends. Eventually, Kyle became popular with his classmates. He was an academic genius. He was brilliant academically. And ultimately, he became the valedictorian of his class. And time came for graduation for the valedictorian, for Kyle to give his speech as the valedictorian. And he spoke these words. He said, graduation is a time to think through those who have helped you through these tough years. And these have been tough years. High school is tough. I want to thank my parents, siblings. Some of you need to thank a teacher or a coach who's helped you. But I came up here to tell you that being a friend to someone is the best gift that you can give someone. And I want to tell you why. He goes on to talk about that day he was walking home with his books. And he said the reason he was carrying his books home, all of his books, was that when he got home, he planned to take his own life, and he did not want his mom to have to clean out his locker. As a matter of fact, in his book pack, he had, his book bag, he had the suicide note he had already written to his parents. And the fact that he was going to do this was only confirmed when those boys knocked him down and knocked his books out of his bag. Then he looked at Christopher and he said, Christopher, the day you became my friend, you saved my life. Christopher had never heard this story in four years. Tears began to stream down his face as well as everybody else in the audience. And Christopher, as well as everybody else there, was reminded that day of the importance of friendship, the importance of belonging, the importance of being connected to other people. You and I, we were hardwired for relationships. You say, I'm not a people person. That doesn't matter. You still need to be connected. We all are built that way. We desperately need to be connected first to Jesus, second to each other. It is, it is vital that we have people in our lives that we can share our burdens with, that will care for us and that we can care for. Connection in this life is, is so important. We, we need to belong. We need to be accepted. It's just the way that we're built. And here's the great news. If you're here today and you don't feel like you belong anywhere in the world, let me tell you something. You belong in the family of God. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you belong. And, and you belong here. We want you here. We want to love you and we want to care for you and we want you to love and care for us. If you believe, you belong. We desperately need to be connected to Christ and to his people. So that's what we're going to do. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for your, your blessing of first a relationship with you. We don't deserve a relationship with you, but you make it possible, God, through your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, through your death and resurrection, you remove the separation that exists between us and you that is caused by our sin. You forgive us of our sin and cleanse us. And then you make it possible for us to reach out to others around us, to connect them to you, to lead them to a relationship. You use us to draw people to yourself. We don't take credit for that. We're just your instruments. But what a privilege it is to be your instruments. You use us to, to draw people to yourself, and then you use us to help them connect to your body, to become a part of your body. 
which is your plan for, for ministering and, and reaching a lost world. We all have a part. We all have a place. If we believe in you, we belong here in this body, in your body, the church. And Lord, I pray that first, if there's somebody here today who does not have a relationship with you, through your son, Jesus Christ, that today during this time of commitment, today would be the day of salvation for them and that they would come and allow me to share with them how to be saved. Maybe you're leading some to join this church body to connect. They've already connected to the church. They need to take that connect, connection further. They've connected to you. Now they need to connect to your church through baptism or, or a commitment of membership. Lord, whatever it is that you're leading us to do, there may, there, there may be many decisions. They don't even relate to what we've talked about here today, a rededication, whatever it is, Father, I pray that we would just listen to your voice now. And as we sing this song of invitation, that we would respond obediently to whatever it is that you're asking us to do. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to hear your word and respond to your word. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Would you stand for our time of commitment?